I was praying what God have us to do today, and uh, even up until just 30 seconds ago, and I just feel impressed to the Lord to get in the Word of God as we prepare our hearts for gathering around the Lord's table. Why? Because I've got a feeling some of us may not be really focused uh, as to the occasion. But speaking of focus, I got a call last night at 1.30 in the morning. The telephone rang and somebody was in need. And so spent a few hours with them. And uh, I praise the Lord. I believe there's some needs here this morning, no doubt, with you as well. And so I want to share with you as we get our mindset on the will of God, the Word of God, and more specifically, as we're going to approach the Lord's table. I got a text message this week from a dear business lady, and this is how it went. Pastor, do you think that this, what we're facing today, is the birth pains of Jesus coming again? And more specifically, this person went on to say, I've noticed a lot of companies are requiring COVID vaccine. They said, do you think that this might be a parallel of the mark of the beast and the events that are transpiring in our world? Well, I wrote back and said, certainly these are precursors of what is yet to come, namely Jesus Christ coming in the clouds. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming in the clouds? Hallelujah. And yet, immediately following, the Antichrist will emerge. This covenant will be agreed upon, broken halfway of the tribulation, seven years. And the mark of the beast will be very prominent with this one world global mindset. Hello? Are you awake? One global mindset. All leading up to the battle called Armageddon. And then Jesus will usher in his kingdom millennial kingdom and his kingdom there should be no end in fact i want to draw from that particular phrase where the lord jesus had the disciples in the upper room and they're celebrating this great victory the lord wrought when he delivered his people out of egypt jesus took the bread he said, this is my body, broken for you. And then he took the cup after he said, take, eat. He said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I tell you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom until that day. Until that day. Say that with me. Until that day. One more time. Until that day, I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that phrase has resonated in my heart for a number of years now. In fact, that's what the radio ministry is titled, Until That Day. In fact, New Rocky Creek has that umbrella under the umbrella until that day. We need your prayers in regards to that. Many of you pray, and we're privileged to be on the radio today. 
uh, not only in Jackson, Georgia, 1 o'clock to 1.30, but also in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at 12 o'clock to 12.30, every Sunday. I record on Saturday and appreciate your prayers, covet your prayers. Until that day, here's the message today as we prepare to gather and celebrate the Lord's Supper, swiftly approaching that day. Swiftly approaching that day. I believe it's sooner than it's ever been. In fact, it reminded me of the young preacher that was preaching about the second coming or the coming of the Lord. And he used the phrase in Revelation 22, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. He kept shouting that, young preacher. He stepped down from the pulpit. He shouted, Behold, I come quickly. And there was a dear lady sitting on the front row, an elderly lady. Well, about that time, he tripped and fell right in her lap. He was embarrassed, needless to say. He said, ma'am, I'm totally sorry. She said, don't be sorry. You told me you were coming quickly, all right? Uh, <laughs> so, hey, look, here are three reasons that you and I need to be ready because the day is swiftly approaching. I want you to turn, by the way, a parallel to the book of Romans chapter 13. Here in Romans 13, I love this passage. And God has birthed a message in my heart that I have preached before uh, from this text. However, this is a different message. You can preach the same text a uh, hundred different times, a hundred different ways. So Romans chapter 13. And I would invite you to stand as I want to begin reading in this 13th chapter and verses 11 through 14 as we prepare swiftly approaching that day. In chapter 13 of the book of Romans, Paul wrote this in that doctrinal letter. He said, and that, in verse 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Look at verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly. As in the day, verse 13, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. How in the world can you and I prepare for this day that's swiftly approaching? How many of y'all want to be ready? Amen. Let me just give you a verse. I know you may not have your pen with you, but as I think, I'm going to pray in a moment. This verse ought to echo in your heart today it's first john chapter 2 and in first john chapter 2 john said my little children i'm gonna let you look it up abide in him listen that will not be ashamed before him at his coming my little children Abide in him that will not be ashamed at his coming, before his coming. One of the greatest challenges you and I have is to be walking with the Lord every day. Amen. And not be ashamed at his coming. Father, we bless you today. It's about you. We come to worship you, Jesus. You're altogether lovely. Yes. You died and rose again. You bought us with your own precious cleansing, redeeming, overcoming blood. And you said 
that you're not willing that any should perish but all to come to repentance. We thank you that you bring healing and help and hope. You are our all in all and in you we're made complete. We long to sit in your presence this morning. We, uh, Lord, come with open hearts and ears and minds and lives to be filled and to be anointed and to be empowered as your vessels meet for the master's use. I hear you calling us, Jesus. I hear you, Lord. I hear you calling us to be holy as you're holy. I hear you calling us to follow you. And I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl here today that you would get all there is to us, that you would cut us loose from the world, the flesh, the devil, and that when all said and done, You'll have the preeminence. You'll be lifted up. I know there's needs here. There's some that need to come to you in repentance and saving faith. There's some that need today to, for the first time, cry out to you to save them and trust in you and your redeeming grace. And there's some today that maybe, Father, we have been distracted and, and Lord, wayward. And we pray today that you would zero in on us and that you would... Accomplish your purpose and will right now. Thank you for those who have gathered. Thank you for every daddy, every mama, every husband, every wife, every Sunday school teacher, every deacon, every preacher, every missionary, every child of yours. We ask now for your restraining of the works of the evil one, that you would bless our homes. And thank you for Garrett. And we pray now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, and that when all is said, you'll, oh God, take first place in our heart. I ask you to cleanse my heart of every sin, everything that I neglect to do, that ought to do, and those things that I know not to do, that I do. I thank you. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I want to be in fellowship with you, Father. I want to be in communion with you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. And I thank you for the church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. Lord, we see the mission field. We see the vision. For you said, where there's no vision, the people perish. And we stand ready as Isaiah. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Use me. So God, keep your hand on the church, please, our Lord. And continue to add to the body and raise up men and raise up women. And thank you for those that are answering the call and are willing to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Oh, blessed God, we need you in this nation. We pray for a mighty heavenly move of revival and spiritual awakening across America and across our world until one day here could be today, Jesus, you'll split the eastern skies and the sound of the trumpet and then we'll be caught away and be rewarded in glory. So we love you and bless you now for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hey, let me go quickly. Number one, can I give you really quickly three reasons why you and I need to be ready for this day that's swiftly approaching. You ready? Number one. The first reason is this. I believe because the Lord has called us to, watch this, as we gather and as we approach the table to examine our heart and to be in a right relationship with him. Can I just give you three quick reasons why 
you and I need to be ready for that day. Number one, because Jesus said that we're to, watch this, we as his people. You know what? Romans chapter 13, Paul said, the day is at hand. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. And so we need to light up a dark world. We need to stand up in a world that's falling down. We need, hey, to put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And, and right here in this wonderful chapter, here are the three reasons. Watch number one, to wake up in a sleepy world. It's high time to wake out of sleep. Look at that, Romans 13, 11. It's high time that we light up a dark world, wake up in a sleepy world, and then stand up in a world that's falling down. Number one, is Jesus calling us to wake up in a sleepy world? Notice what Paul wrote. He's writing to believers. He said, it's high time we wake out of sleep. He said, it's high time we wake out of sleep. Say that with me. It's high time we wake out of sleep. Read it again. And he's writing to Christians, for now is our salvation. The word salvation there is not in regards to when we were saved. Rather, it refers to after being saved. The process, what we call progressive sanctification. It's high time to wake out of sleep. Can I give you two reasons or two parts why you and I need to stay awake? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, wake up. Wake up. Hey, wake up. <laughs> why? Number one. How many would agree with me, I don't want to be a stumbling block. Do y'all want to be a stumbling block? No, sir. I don't want to be a stumbling block. If we become a stumbling block, it's a bad thing. Jesus said, it's better to hang a millstone around our neck and be cast in the depths of the sea than to become a stumbling block to a little one. Hey, look, we can become stumbling blocks. In fact, Paul wrote in that 14th and 15th chapter of the book of Romans, if we fast forward, he said there were strong Christians, there were weak Christians. I got a feeling that sometimes we lose focus of people are watching us. They're watching you, they're watching me. And they're watching you more than what you say and watching you and me and listening to us more than what we say with our mouth. They're watching our life. Hey, look, two parts. Number one, the Lord to keep us from being a stumbling block. Wake up! Paul wrote in that 15th chapter of the book of Corinthians to the church of Corinth. 15, chapter 15, verse 33 and 34. Did you get it? Chapter 15, verse 33 and 34, all right? He said, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good morals. What's he saying? He's saying bad friends, evil influences. How many today maybe need to turn and say, I've got to leave this crowd alone? I can't be hanging with them. They'll, if he that walks with wise men should be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's in the book of Proverbs chapter 13. But wait a minute. A stumbling block. In chapter 14 and chapter 15 of the book of Romans. Do you know you can be a stumbling block? Do you know that? Do you know when you go to the store, people can watch you and they can see how you act and how I act and then it can, right or wrong, I, I know I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, but there's a lot of people who are not saved, not Christians, and we've witnessed to them. I guarantee you, they're watching you and me to see, is there a difference in their life than mine? And if there is, I need what they have. If it's not, no thank you. 
There's a lot of lost people that are just as morally upright as some professing Christians. Can I get a witness? So, and let me tell you how the Lord worked in my life. And by the way, verse 33 of chapter 15, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good morals, good manners. And be not deceived. God is not mocked. So he said, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Some not have not the knowledge of God. Can I tell you what happened to me last Friday night? Deanna and I were, went to our, how many of y'all like Home Depot? Man, if I don't have a list, I'm in danger going to Home Depot. Man, I go there and I say, you know, I could use this. And I need, you know what I'm talking about, Brother Ronnie. I, I could use this. You know what I'm talking about, uh, 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 Brother William. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Bud. At, at Home Depot, Brother Julius, man, you say, well, you know, I could use it. I need home improvement. So we were at Home Depot. And there was a long line at the checkout. And uh, I, I tell you, uh, some of our men, we kid each other. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm not as tough as I used to be. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Brother Ralph. Uh, I know you just had a birthday, and you're, you got me about 10 years. But I've dealt with this old foot deal, the plantar fasciitis. So I'm hobbling along on my foot, and it's concrete, and the line is long. And, and I'm saying, dear God, you've got to give me grace not to get in the flesh. And, and so we got what we needed. We're checking out of the checkout line. And as we're checking out of the checkout line, uh, we've got to the cash register, and, and uh, right behind me, not, not an aisle behind me, I could touch them. A young man and a young lady were right back there, and they said, hey, Brother Randy. I turned around. I said, wow, I didn't know y'all were here. How y'all doing? I hadn't seen them in a while. I pray for them every day, and I told them that. And uh, they told me, this is what they said. They said, we watch your services at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church every Sunday. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm not saying that to say anything other than, Wondered if I would have gotten the flesh and uh, gotten ill and, and said something, you know, to the cash register, uh, the cashier, or, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and there, they're right behind me. People around us. We're being read as epistles of men. How many believe that? People are reading not only the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're reading the gospel of David. They're reading the gospel of Justin. They're reading the gospel, yes, of Thomas. They're reading the gospel of Eddie. They're reading the gospel of David. People are reading us like a book. So I don't want to be a stumbling block. Lord, help me to wake up to realize my testimony is very important. Yes, sometimes we think, well, it don't bother me. I, my conscience isn't violated if I do this or do that. It might not. But... If it offends a brother or sister, we ought not to do it. For that really cuts through our liberty. What's all right for you to do and it don't bother you might not be all right for somebody that's watching you. Y'all agree with me? Just read Romans 14 and 15. The stronger Christians are saying this meat is offered to idols. It's no big deal. It won't wound our conscience. We know there's only one true living God. I'm going to eat the meat. Meat in itself is not a sin. How many know that? Meat is not a sin. It's not a sin to eat meat. Now, I know in the Old Testament, I don't want to get into that, the Jewish custom of certain meats and so forth. All I'm saying is this. Meat was not a sin. However, however, time out. 
There were some younger, weaker Christians who saw this meat offered to idols, and they said, don't do it, don't touch it. If you touch it, it's going to wound my conscience. Paul jumps in the conversation. Chapter 14, chapter 15 of Romans. You know what he says? You'd think that it'd say, meat's no big deal. I eat it too. Get over it. You'd think he'd say that, don't you? He didn't say that. He said, if it causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. I remember when that became reality to me. So, number one, wake up in a sleepy world. Don't be a stumbling block. But number two, be a spirit-filled witness living in victory, living in victory. Wake up in a sleepy world. How can we be ready as we approach the Lord's table today? How can we be prepared until that day by living a spirit-filled life? I got a call this week. I met with a man on Thursday here at the church. Here's what he told me. He said, uh, Pastor, uh, uh, I'm getting married. And I said, wonderful. It wasn't Garrett, by the way. <laughs> Others are getting married, Garrett, praise the Lord. He said, but I've got an issue. And I said, all right, tell me. He said, uh, I've had a disagreement with a family member, and there's a little bit of conflict there. And, and honestly, I just uh, couldn't believe what was said. Am I preaching to anybody today? Any men, any women that you've kind of got odds with somebody, you've been hurt, you've been offended, and you've got little ill will in your heart, or maybe you have harbored some bad feelings towards somebody. Now, we can sugarcoat it, and we can suppress it, and we can act like it's not there. But until we, like I told this young man, We've got to release it. We've got to let it go. We need to move on with God. And one way that keeps us from being ready for the day approaching and from waking up is to continually nurse it, curse it, rehearse it. Tell me, is there anybody today in your life right now that you say, you know, I just really don't like them. I just really still got bitter feelings toward them. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now look, I know I've been where you're at. When the preacher starts preaching on something that hits hard, we just kind of turn a deaf ear. <laughs> Amen. We just kind of say, what did he say? You know, I don't, I'm not sure if I read that right. But God knows our heart, doesn't he? And the truth will set us free. So, release it. Let it go. One, how do we, how do we prepare? By waking up in a sleepy world. Waking up in a sleepy world. Yes, we can become a stumbling block. Maybe right now, there's some mamas and daddies. <laughs> I talked with a daddy this week. On Friday, he called me, and uh, he's a Christian. He's saved. And uh, I was talking with him about this subject. And we were talking about our influence with our children and grandchildren. How many of y'all want to leave a lasting legacy? Amen? Absolutely. And I was sharing with him what, we were what we're just now talking about, about how we can be a stumbling block if we're not careful, and especially... Uh, if we tell our children one thing, but then we live another thing, that becomes a stumbling block. But you know what he said? He laughed. He said, but I'm a daddy now. I can do that. I said, where'd you read that in the Bible? <laughs> I didn't read that in the Bible. He laughed and he said, I'm a dad now, but we can do that because we're daddies. He laughed about it. I think he was kind of not really serious, but, but sometimes we get that idea that, that we can get by. God let us slide.
Can I get a witness? God let us slide. God understands we're buddies with God, and God will just wink over that. He'll just skip over that, and, and we can just, but, but the truth be, no, no. Number two, there's a second way that not only can we let go of some things. I had the privilege of preaching in Guyana a number of years ago, about in 2012. I was at a church called Cloudland Church, one of the largest churches on the island. Others ones had mud huts and all, but this one was a nice building. You can see no air, air conditioning. You'll see in a little bit. But the people came, it was Sunday morning, it had concrete floor, and the glory of God showed up, and the glory of God showed out. And anyway, at the end of the service, the Spirit of God moved on this young lady. I didn't know what all the situation was. She came forward during the invitation. Her daddy was back in the back. He was crying. The mama was crying. I didn't know it was her parents until afterwards uh, I went back there and began to pray with them. This young lady right here had not talked with her dad in years and years and years. There had been a wedge between her dad her mom and uh, we just gathered around her and began to pray for her and God began to melt their hearts and weeping and reconciliation and restoration and forgiveness and I praise the Lord things I'm talking about right now as we lifted up this precious family there may be some families right here in the house of God this morning that maybe you aren't maybe in a right relationship with uh, your loved ones or somebody a friend or so forth well, number two, let's consider, is Jesus not only calling us to, one, wake up in a sleepy world, number two, light up a dark world, light up a dark world. Can I ask y'all a question? Y'all look up here just a minute. How many believe there is a dark cloud over America? There's a dark cloud over America. Paul said, look at this, he said, and knowing the time, it is high time to wake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Look at this. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. There's a dark cloud over God bless America. Did y'all hear about it last week? That's why I'm just going to encourage you. Can I, can I just point you out for a moment? Uh, Billy, let the light shine. <laughs> Billy's electrician, bless God. That's in two ways. You can plug in that electricity. Let the light shine. Don't y'all love Brother Billy? Somebody say amen. Yes, let the light shine, Brother William. Let the light shine, Brother Charles. Let the light shine, Brother Buck. Man, you... What a blessing, what a great job you do with the lawn. Somebody say amen. amen. Buck and William were out here the other day. We had an old-fashioned prayer meeting. I know I delayed y'all about two hours. It's pastor's fault, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Y'all know when you see me driving up, y'all better get busy and run because pastor, not all the time. I try to leave y'all alone and get the work you got to get done. But anyway, here's the point. It's a dark cloud. Do you know? I don't know if you read this or not. Did you read? On April the 9th, that was Friday, my dear sweet wife's birthday, 29. Anyway, Friday, did you read in the paper where the Supreme Court of the United States of America voted of this proposal of Governor Gavin Newsom of California? Do you know what he proposed? Are you ready? To shut down 
all religious worship in private homes in California. Wait a minute. Guess what the vote was? Five to four. Five to four. Five to four. Not six to three. Not seven to two. Not eight to one. Not nine to zero. Five to four. Five judges saying it was all right for people to gather in their homes with a religious affiliation and their justification for making this decision, five to four, I'm going somewhere with this, was why not? They gather at the mall. They go to the theater. I can't hear you. All it's going to take is just one or two liberal judges that reinterpret the Constitution of the United States of America. I didn't say interpret. I said reinterpret. That's the problem. And all it's going to take is that. And next thing you know, we've got a pendulum swinging over America getting darker and darker and darker. We're in a late day. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. But blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so, here we go. It's time to wake up in a sleepy world. How can we prepare for that day that's approaching? Light up a dark world. Turn the light on, brother. Amen. Turn the light on, sister. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, turn the light on. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Hey, look, Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men they may see your good works. Glorify your Father in heaven. I believe, wait a minute, in the midst of all of this bad news, I believe, see if you agree with me, that God has called us for such a time as this. Amen. Turn the light on, brother. Turn the light on, sister. Yes, it's a dark world. Praise the Lord, though. Jesus is the light. And people need to see the light. Number three, and I'm almost done. Is Jesus not only calling us as we prepare for the day that's swiftly approaching to wake up in a sleepy world, to light up a world that's in pitch black darkness. But if you'll notice, as Paul continues to write in the progression of thought of Romans chapter 13, he said this, but the day is at hand. He said, it's high time that we wake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. But look at verse 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Last but not least, it's high time. Not only to wake up and to light up, but what about stand up in a world that's falling down? Stand up. Stand up. You remember that song? Garrett, do you know that song? Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. What a great song. Stand up. Hey, look, how many believe that there's too many falling down and we need to stand up? I'm preaching to some daddies today 
that just cause the culture is going the way of the world and just because you know your friends are, are, are going this way young people look at Pastor Randy just a moment I see you in the back and I'm glad you're here and other young people look at Pastor Randy for a moment I'm telling you you have got to stand strong in the Lord we need to pray for our young people that God would fortify them with faith that the Lord would help them not to cave in that God would strengthen their hands that God would make them like a Daniel and an Esther and a Deborah of the Old Testament that the Lord will have his hand on them his anointing on them and they wouldn't let their light hide under a bushel but they would be not ashamed of the gospel to learn how to be in the world but not of the world because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world we need as a church to lift up our young people amen and amen and amen Hey, how many of y'all know, look at me. They got more challenges than we had when we were coming along. And buddy, if you don't go along to get along, you're going to be persecuted. And so the young people, listen to what Peter said. Sanctify the Lord your God in your heart and be ready to answer every man of the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear. Look at me, please. Here, Pastor Randy. I know you hear a preacher preaching and that sort of thing, but I'm not telling you to be ugly. Y'all look, 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 please look at me. I'm not telling you to be ugly. I'm not telling you to be a self-righteous Pharisee. I'm not telling you to be a judgmental, long-nosed, you know, uh, judgmental person. I'm just saying this, let your light shine. I'm saying this, dare to be a Daniel. Joseph was a young teenager at the time when God used him. Daniel was a teenager when God took him over to Babylon. And not only that, but Paul said, despise not thy youth. And in fact, Solomon wrote in chapter 12, verse 1 of the book of Ecclesiastes, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not and the years draw nigh. And thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in it. Let me just stop right there and say, not only our young people in school, how many are glad that our young generation a uh, young generation that's here this morning, 20 years, uh, a little, tw uh, 18 and up. How many of y'all are 18 and up? Raise your hand. Uh, under, under 40, under 40. <laughs> Thank God for these young people. They're the future of our churches and of our culture. If they cave in, how many believe that it's absolutely important? I I'm really passionate about this. And we are committed as a church to prepare our young people for a biblical worldview Amen. in a secular world. And that's why we make opportunities Sunday night. Look, I I'm sorry, but, but I'm just telling you, we've got a lot of availabilities here at the church, Sunday school and teaching the Word of God. Why? Because we believe we're fulfilling what God's called us to do. That's right. Build up the body of Christ. And, and, and I don't mean to be sound... Uh, uh, negative here at all, but uh, I, I'm concerned that COVID-19 has knocked a lot of Christians out of commission as far as their spiritual journey, where they were last year at this time. I'm not being critical, I'm just saying, because and, and my heart goes out there, I'm a pastor, I love people, regardless of where they're at, but we've lost a lot of ground. 
when it comes to studying the Word of God, appropriating truth, living a spirit-filled life, getting back to the basics where God wants us to be. And so I'm encouraging you now. I'm encouraging you. I know you pulled. I know there's a lot going on. I know that stuff has happened. I know we've lost a lot of ground. But anyway, how many want to finish faithful? Let's stand together.